I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics, and I'm located in Southgate, Kentucky. And I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Monroe, Washington. And welcome to Wheel Talk. Okay. All right, we're live. Hello. Hi. Hi. Merry Christmas. We're in different places today. Merry Christmas to you, too. Post-Christmas, oh, yeah. day after. So I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, and my in-laws, they're in their bonus room. So it's like my um, father-in-law's, like, man cave area. He's like an antique person, so he's got so many. What is that? There's like a cool cabinet behind you on your right, I want to say. That's a pinball machine. Oh, that is badass. That is so (laughs) cool. It's like so... um, And it's got got flight attendants on it, actually. It's got yes. flight attendants on it. It says Bon Voyage. <laughs> that I is think, so cool. <laughs> I think I got the high score on it. I don't know. It doesn't say the high score, but we had to like handwrite the high score because it doesn't keep it. <laughs> it's all manual, so it's kind of fun. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm at my friend's house. I'm house sitting for them. I've already had a visit from the Jehovah Witnesses this morning. Nice. So we've, we've already had a, an eventful morning. Don't worry, I was <laughs> nice to them. Are you still like, is it still in Monroe or are you in a certain? Yeah, I'm still in Monroe. I'm only like five minutes away from the shop. Oh, cool. It's actually really nice. Like I forgot what it was like to have like a couch and a TV. Not that I really had a TV before, but mostly a couch. Right. So. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So how are you doing? How is today? Today was, was Christmas? Uh, Christmas was good. We did the family thing. Uh, the day of the week was weird being on a Wednesday. You know, you got like getting in town Monday or Tuesday or whatever, and then you do stuff with one side of the family, and then you kind of spread it out over the two or three days and stuff like that. So, yeah, did my side on mostly like two days before Christmas and then a little bit Christmas night and uh, Rachel's side on Christmas Eve and Christmas day during the like early afternoon so <clears throat> what about you did you go somewhere or where where's your family at right now okay so my parents um live in colorado okay and then i have siblings i have one sibling down in kent washington which is a little bit away from me and then um another sibling in alaska so Whoa. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You just love the um, cold there, I guess. Your family just loves the... Just love the cold. <laughs> um, yeah. I, let's see. Yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, it's kind of, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people that have family in other locations understand that, uh, you kind of just go to people's friend's house and then... Right. And that's it, so... Yeah. You know. But, it, you know, it was good. I have one... I'm very grateful that I have one um, friend that it, that kind of has adopted me as a, a daughter. And so I... She always gets me presents yeah. and this year i got like an a bundle of games like it was really fun games but they're all 
adult content games. Like board games or card games and stuff like that? Yeah, like card games. Like, there's one like Cards Against Humanity, but it's not. It's called new phone who dis <laughs> <laughs> and and then there's other ones there was like a drinking game and she like went hardcore with the theme so i'm excited about that we already played a few of them nice. they were fun and we always uh, like to we always get some games like that we played a lot of exploding kittens over the last like four days so yeah, and yeah, and I got the unstable unicorns the adult edition which i already have the regular one Oh, I haven't heard of that game. It's fun. It's fun. I actually first heard about it from Tim Ceramics. Oh. He was playing it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, what are we talking about today, Ryan? All right. So, it is December 26th right now when we're recording this. So, we're getting right to the last like week of the year. So, we're kind of reviewing where we're at for 2019. Kind of do a little update episode about where we left off at one of our um transition from fall to winter episodes or um whatever that we recorded back in october so we're kind of giving you a little update on what we we set goals for ourselves then to right now to at the end of the 2019 so we're kind of like recapping that and then we're going to go over kind of where we ended on goals for the year whether we made them or didn't make them and then right hopefully we'll break uh break this next part up into a separate episode where we actually go forward and look to 2020 and how we're planning out goals for that. Yeah. Yeah. And while I was telling you what I was doing, I was actually going into my banking and QuickBooks being like, Oh crap, I haven't added all this income. (laughs) Nice. So you ended up with more than you expected. Um, I think a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, yeah, there's still a little bit of money in here, but I'll just leave it because I don't yeah. know where, where it so, goes right now. But. So where did we leave our episode where we set goals for ourselves? I want to say it was the last like three minutes of the transitioning from fall to winter episode. It was. And, and... we set goals for how much we were going to make through the end of the year. No, you set goals for how much total you were going to make, and I set goals for how much I wanted to make. Um, in From October the to yeah. the end of the year, yeah. Yeah, so my goal for setting, for selling in October was uh, $20,000, and your goal for selling total... Total for all of 2019, income all of 2019 only. income only was $20,000. $25,000. $25,000. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Keep in mind that he has a much different business than I do. Yes. I feel like we don't have to say that because a lot of people who have listened to this have heard us in the back, but I own a brick and mortar. He works in his basement. So yes. our goals are very different. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a lot fewer expenses than you do. Oh, yeah, because my expenses are right up there with my income this year. Okay, well, let's. I want to hear about you. Let's hear what you did. Yeah, so between October 1st and the end of the year, um, I exceeded what I thought. I think I was at around 17.5 or something like that at October 1st. So I expected to get to 25K, which is about another 8,000. 
Um, I ended up ending the year a little over $30,000. What? <laughs> awesome. So I don't know if that's a factor of we were picking those numbers in the moment and I had to, I actually re-upped my number like once or twice when we were talking because. Yeah, he did. And I think my number was a little outdated when we recorded. So I had a, a couple, maybe a show or something that wasn't on there yet, but yeah, I ended up exceeding what I thought I was. I thought twenty five well, was a good. stretch, but stuff like that. Apparently so, not. So, yeah, which is really good. So, we'll have this. Uh, let me while you're uh, doing your recap, I'll look at where I ended the year in twenty eighteen. Okay. And uh, yeah, so how did you end the year? Did you meet your twenty selling twenty thousand in Q four? Uh, yeah. So I my goal was to sell. $20,000 in the uh, quarter. And right now, I'm going to share two different statistics, I guess. But right now in Square, my sales in Square are right at, uh, my gross sales without taxes are at $18,939. Uh, and, but with taxes, it comes up to like 20000 uh, so I don't know if that counts or not, but the, my, yeah, I included taxes on mine. Yeah. And then like, my, there's no like Etsy fees and stuff removed from that. Right. So that's my everything. <laughs> total income in QuickBooks, however, is 24,645. So I have exceeded that goal. And I think that I'll probably still do, um, still kind of like exceed that goal uh like i i i don't it's not over it's not over it's not <laughs> I, over you I still, still got have five days yeah i still have five days and, and and those days are partly weekends so i should be doing i should do another thousand dollars hopefully nice. on christmas eve i did fourteen hundred dollars i was gonna say you're telling me your paint a pot stuff and like people were yeah. buying your pottery at the shop yeah. that was you know, wheel thrown and all that. It wasn't. That was like a huge surprise because last year on New Year's Eve or on Christmas Eve, I sold like, I don't know, like two hundred bucks, and then the day before that, which is when I sold the uh, the large amount of money, I sold like four hundred. And this one, this time I like was so busy, and then I went to get lunch at like three o'clock, and I was like, oh, I should look at my numbers, and I looked at my numbers, and it was like seven hundred, and I was like, what? what <laughs> when did that happen and then all of this other money came in like i had a custom set that was like three hundred dollars so that came in and all this other money came in and i was like fourteen hundred dollars and, and what was what was great about it is that nobody came in the last hour like from four to five no one came in and so i just sat down <laughs> and i just was like holy shit <laughs> i just sat <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, so I did, I am quite happy with my end of the year quarterly amount. Yeah. Um, Especially because this quarter, there's a whole lot less expenses. That's what I'm mostly excited about. Yeah, definitely. Because you already have all your, you already had all your bisque import stuff. That was right. all there. You have all your paints and glazes and all yeah. that stuff. You don't have to buy. Yeah, I've been working really hard on ex- doing less expenses. So, 
Yeah. Nice. I just looked up my 2018. It looks like my income for the year 2018 was a little over $13,000. Huh. And I sold a little over $30,000 this year. Oh, wow. Look at you. Pretty good. More than doubling. Yeah. More than doubling. Hey, this is good. So last year, my... Sorry, that was my phone. Last year, total... Ow. Oh, my ear was itchy, and then I just smushed it, and I smushed my earbud into my ear more. <laughs> Ow. Um, last year, my total was... 74,520. And this year I am above that. Barely. Yeah. Barely. With 80,785. So I Did thought you... that I was going to be neck and neck this year, so I'm I'm pretty happy with that. When you were early on like I am, like three years or four years into selling, like yeah. were you seeing just big fluctuation and growth because oh, yeah. you're investing somewhere? I mean, I mean, I can't expect like 200% growth, obviously, but when people look at it and they're like, how did he sell that much more? Like I sold at 24 shows last year. I sold at like 18 that added so much more and I was picking certain shows that sold more. I had some really good ones. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if I have the I'm pretty sure I do. So um in two thousand okay, so in two thousand eighteen. We're in two thousand nineteen right now. Okay, this must be wrong. But um here, let's go down to two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen, which I didn't have the store until December of two thousand seventeen. Oh, that's why. I didn't have the store until December of 2017. I did 46,492. And then in 2016, I don't know if that's in QuickBooks, but we'll see. It's not. But I remember it. It was half. I doubled. Yeah. I was at like 20, I think. I want to say I was at 20. Right. And I complete like every uh, the first three years of business, I doubled my sales, not my profits, but I doubled my sales. Yeah. Yeah. And also, all of my income numbers are include, like if I if I get an income line item for Etsy, it includes, like if a person buys the item plus their shipping. Right. And then there's a there's a. Uh, expense side of it that has Etsy fees that's going to negate some of that right. that was paid out like shipping and Etsy fees and stuff like that so just be aware if you're listening to this and you hear that that number is not all income without any like expenses or like there's taxes in there right. and stuff like that just to keep it easier for me it's easier for me to do that yep so yeah, I have, I don't know where shipping is in here, but it should be. But, um, oh, this is kind of interesting. My utilities for this year was 12564 My rent this year was 21040 so far. 
That's a lot. What's that, like 2500 a month or something like that? It's 1800 a month. 1800 a month. Yeah, but then I also have a an office space is $300 a month, so it's 21 Yes. Nice guess. <laughs> nice guess. <laughs> um, so, okay. Uh, you had some goals. Let's go over those. So you had have goals for this. Yes, year. I have a lot of goals. It's crazy, actually. He sent me the list, and I was like, I can't compete with that. Yeah. So if anyone wants to look up like what, like how you would set goals, we can maybe talk about this more in the next podcast, but I would say look up SMART goals. And SMART is just an acronym. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. So it helps you get goals set that are like have numbers associated with them or something that you can, you know, measure easily it's actually within the realm of possibility. You're not just setting some crazy goal that you don't have any data to prove that like you have a chance of reaching it. You know, it's, it's something that's attainable. It's relevant within like a year's time span. I'm not going to say that I'm going to go full-time pottery like in 2020, like that doesn't seem reasonable to me now. And that, that like that might not make sense for my business. So like have something that's, relevant and and then the time bound is just within a reasonable time that makes sense and is achievable so um you can look that up but um i guess we'll just go through some of these um i had a couple just overarching like categories that um just kind of focus myself in a very high level for the year and the first was like increase sales overall through various platforms and produce more regular customers. That's a very vague statement that has nothing that you, that's measurable on it. So what I did was I went inside this and broke each of these down into a part of my increase in sales and what that means and like increasing across multiple avenues and uh, measuring those. And then the other one is improve relations within the local clay community. So that's just a general statement about something else I want to focus my effort on. Um, so the first one was um, adding 175 names to my mailing list. And did you make it? I did. Um, last year, I started. I started 2018 with 164 names on the mailing list. And then I kept track of what I added in 2018. So I added 125 names in 2018. And I said I was going to add 175. So, you know, 50 more. I'm doing more shows. So that gives me more opportunities to ask customers to sign up at the point of sale. Like in Square, you can have a screen that requests them to, if they want emails to be added to the mailing list. And then the main driver was doing the giveaways at the shows where people sign up for the mailing list, Wait, they you can do that get a in chance Square? to win whatever piece I'm selling it or I'm I have on display at that show. So that's that's the main driver of getting people on my mailing list. And I added two hundred and seventeen. Go ahead. You can do what? Wait, explain the whole Square thing. So it's Square. You can. There's a screen at the end at Signature. You can say, um, I want to say it. It requests them if they would like more information. I thought they it can was add their email address. Well, they can do that, but there's also a screen right after they sign it 
or right after they do the payment, it'll have a screen that says, would you like to get more information or, you know, put your email address for offers or whatever. It basically automates the, the screen right after it. I want to say it's in your settings and probably your checkout settings or something like that. Well, it has an option in there. It's, I, I don't really use it much anymore just because I don't like require the customer to sign because you don't oh, need yeah. that with any credit cards now. So um, if you go to settings and go to signature and receipt. Huh. Um, uh, that might not be it. But there's a thing that you could do at the end that collects their email if you'd like. Email collection. If you're on settings, there's an email collection Email line collection. Item. Yeah. Add a screen after checkout, inviting customers to sign up for your mailing list. This will only appear if a customer has not signed up for an email receipt. So that's an option. That's and then so it's, like interesting. A, it's like a passive way that you can request it. And it doesn't put as much pressure on you to ask them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm that's a sure way. I'm pretty sure that Andrew just says, hey, can I have your email? <laughs> and he just gets it. <laughs> he just adds it automatically? Yeah. Because can I have your email for future whatever? And, and he yeah. doesn't give him a choice. Oh. <laughs> so I ended the year. My goal was to add 175 names. I added 217. Um, huh. And that also included people that signed up on my website just through like a pop-up form. So I added a, a pop-up form on whatever pages that would automatically add them into my MailChimp account, which is where I put everybody. <clears throat> and I probably yep. got another maybe 10 or 20 from that. Okay, I have another question. Uh, do you, when you add it to your email, like when they add their email on here, do you uh, import it into MailChimp later or do you just use it? You're talking about on the square side? Yeah. I've turned that screen off for, I think, the whole year. So I have not. I want to say that you can go to customers and see that they've signed up. I would probably manually transfer it from Square to MailChimp. Okay. It looks like you can export comes to customers. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the the end of the year, my total list is about 381 people. Which is good, and then I'll I'll add a new of a new goal for next year that adds to that within reason of you know how many I added this year, and that's going to give me an idea of what's realistic f- for being added for next year. Um, okay, so that's one of the increasing more. That's part of the produce more regular customers side of it. Um, the next one was selling at ten shows minimum. Minimum four juried and a minimum of two new shows. I actually didn't break down the juried and new, but I sold at 24 this year. (laughs) I didn't really, uh, I didn't really gauge that one very well. (laughs) No, (laughs) I sold at like 18 last year. So (laughs) I shouldn't have said 10 minimum. I probably should have said like 18 to like keep in line with what I sold at the previous year. But, um, I did do a minimum of four juried. I don't have the number of how many I did that were juried. I want to say it was probably like six or eight, probably. Um, and then two new. I definitely did more than two that were new. It was probably like eight or so that were new or six or something like that. 
Um, the next one was get into two new shops. So I didn't really specify that this was cons- consignment or wholesale. And I had a couple like line items of some places in mind that I've been thinking about. Um, I had a lead for some people at Joseph Beth at the end of 2018 um, that I talked with. And then I contacted them, got line, got a line sheet, like got some estimates. And then the woman never talked to me again. So that just kind of fell off the map. So, um, (laughs) so that one did not happen, but I did um, reach out to Silk Road, which is the other place that I reached out to for my yarn bowls. They're like a textile shop in Cincinnati. And I did get some pieces in there. And then my I got into two other ones. One of them is Kodako, which is the, the folks that I do my um, collaboration with. Uh, I took some pieces to their shop probably in October or something like that. As we were getting closer to the holidays and put some stuff in there, I think a few things sold uh, later in the year. So there. And then the other one was the Glass Monkey, which is like a, they, they have like CBD products and stuff like that. And like glass, well, I guess glass items for smoking and stuff like that. So they yeah. have some mugs of mine and then they bought some other wholesale stuff at the end of the year. So that was a wholesale order that kind of came around uh, midway through the year. So I hit my two shops. I had three. Um, let's see. The next one was very number focused. So increase show sales by 40%. And how I came up with this, I looked at what I sold in 2017 from just shows. So 2017 just shows I sold about $4,500. And then from there to 2018, I sold a little over uh, close to $8,800. So that, um, I want to say that increase was, it was probably close to 40%. I don't know if I'm doing the 40% right. I think I should, well, it ended up being 191% of what I sold the previous year. I don't think 40% is the right way to say I increased it by, but, um, and then I, I gauged what, what that should be for 2019. So my target for 2019 at shows was, $12,260 to sell just from shows for the year. And I sold $17,783 just from shows. So I beat that by 5000 bucks, which is good. Hell yeah. So I probably undershot what I was going to sh- sell at shows, which makes sense because I sold it like s- six more shows than I did the previous year. Right. And my show selection got better. Yeah. Um, with knowing which ones to drop and then which ones to add or, you know, double down on like what items I should have at this show because it fits that market better. That just improves over time. The more you do shows, the better you get at figuring out what the market at that show is. Yeah. Um, the next one was increasing my gallery, whether it's consignment or wholesale sales by 60%. Um, that number for 2017, I sold, a little over $600 worth. 2018, I sold a little over $1,300 worth, so I doubled it. And then my target for 2019 was $2,000. And I sold 3000 plus. 
Okay. So I doubled it again. Um, and I think that the in a breakdown from there, the consignment was about $2,100 of that, and the wholesale was about $900 of that. Nice. So I think the the way that I achieved that was it takes more time for stuff to catch on that people can find your stuff at these shops. And then as stuff sells at those shops, you can see what items are moving more than others. So you give them more serving bowls, for instance, because I know those are going to sell. Those typically sell within the first two months of me delivering them. So I'm like, okay, the next time I deliver, I should deliver like four or five of those versus two. Um, So that's going to increase my sales. And then just more foot traffic and people get used to seeing my stuff there or, you know, I think it's a matter of like, if people shop at certain places regularly, they see certain items regularly. And if they see my pieces over time, like four and five times or six times, they're more likely to buy it because they've seen it a lot. I think that's part of selling something too. You know, maybe they had in their mind that they saw that and then maybe uh, maybe it's sold since the last time they were there or, you know, they got a, a better reason of like, I was thinking about it, but I didn't exactly know who I would buy it for. And then maybe they got an idea like, okay, I'm thinking this person would like that. Um, I think that kind of builds into it. And then like I'm promoting or like talking about dropping stuff off at these shops and stuff like that. So I'm doing my own kind of promotion or talking them up so people know where they can find my stuff. Besides just being on my website that they can buy it in person at these six shops. Um, The next one's talking about online selling. So I had a goal for selling $2,000 minimum online. 2018, I sold about $950 online. And my target was $2,000. I sold $2,900. What? So, <laughs> um, nice. And if you know me, I do not like the photography side. So we don't, we're, we're anti online sellers. Here. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at my 2019, I actually started breaking down some of these online sales based on the platform and that could be Etsy, Facebook, or Instagram. And Etsy, obviously that's just like posting stuff on Etsy and people buying directly on Etsy. Facebook is if somebody reaches out to me directly on Facebook and wants something and I like help them. So I know that that's like the source of where they came from. Right. Um, And then Instagram was just people basically DMing me or, you know, specifically calling out a certain thing that they want to buy through like a story or something like that. Right. So Etsy was obviously the highest of those. Etsy was about $2,000 of that. And then Instagram was about, close to 900 of that Jeez. so pretty big like people are dming me more now i think especially when you post stuff in stories and they can see that you're getting it out of the kiln and it's like a one-off thing it seems very unique or like they don't have it what are the chances that it's going to go up on the etsy shop so they might dm me and say oh my gosh i love that can i buy that and then you just meet them at that and say like, yeah, here's the price. Here's, um, you know, give me your shipping address and I'll give you a total with shipping. Yeah. And then you kind of carry through the, the point of sale and the, the payment there. So I think that's why it's grown. I'm trying to get, I'll try to put a little bit more 
items on my Etsy shop so I can have some stuff in stock more regularly in 2020. Yeah, I've been trying to like simplify my photography so I don't hate it so much. <laughs> um, so we'll see where that's at in 2020. I'll probably set a go like 4,000 or something like that or 5,000, something like that. Yeah. Um, the next one was, I. it wasn't, it was that non-show sales make up more than 30% of my total sales. So I don't want to fully rely on just my in-person shows to be everything that makes me money. Yeah. So I basically said, I don't want my show sales to be 70% of my total sales just so I diversify where the money's coming from. Um, okay. And that ended up being, uh, 25% of it in 2017, 35 in 2018. And this year it was 41% was non-retail. So non-show. Which was good. And my my like avenues for selling would be obviously show, which is retail, consignment, wholesale, teaching, online, and then direct. Direct would just be one-to-one. They just contact me and they want something or it's like a custom order or um, it's somebody I know or it's family or something like that. That's kind of like a kind of like the other category. It's not really doesn't really fall in one of the other ones. Yeah. So I had a I had a much better spread, I think, not relying on sales. But that but that's good because like my retail was 60%, but I still sold like almost $18,000 in shows. So there I think go. I think my growth for this year was besides just the shows, like I think everything else, like the consignment went up a lot more. Um, the online went up a lot, a little bit more or a lot more, you know, I probably had some more direct one-to-one things because they're previous customers and they're reaching out or they know me and they're like, I really like this thing you're doing. Can you, can I buy one of those or whatever? There was just more of that overall. Yeah. Besides just new customers finding me. So, um, so those are most of the tangible ones. I had one that I did not do. It was sell a single piece for $100 or more. I did not sell a single piece for $100 or more. I thought you did. Dang it. I, I did not. I had that bowl that I had for like 115 and you told me to mark it up to 150 and then like have somebody negotiate down to 115 And they didn't. Like, those I don't want to take it home with me, but they didn't do it. So I don't think I have enough stock that is in that price range to get sold so i i think i need to make more items that fall in that price range right now i have like two teapots that are above a hundred dollars i have two bowls that are over a hundred dollars and that's it so i mean i sold like i sold like multiple quantities of things like a set of four bowls or you know four mugs or something but i don't consider that one item so um and then the last one that was it it didn't really fall in that category, but it was making experimental pieces to be wood, soda, or salt fired. Okay. I did I do have pieces. I just did not fire them. I technically didn't reach that goal because they were just pieces already made. But I need to like fire them at Queen City Clay. I think is where I'm gonna go because they have the ability to you like pay per pound of what your piece is, and you can like glaze and stuff, and then they'll fire it. Yeah. So I want to do that. So I have a, actually I did do that because I put some stuff in the NKU wood kiln 
where I went to school at, they did a firing in like May and I got some pieces in there. So I guess I technically did. But yeah, so I'm hoping to get some. Those are more just for me. I don't really like sell those pieces. Right. I just really like that kind of atmospheric firing that is unpredictable. Yes. Um, so those are all the sales number heavy stuff. Do you have any like sales heavy stuff on your side? Well, I, so I was telling Ryan before this that like me and a friend like made this, uh, business plan goal situation and, uh, I failed on every single one of them. <laughs> Why is that? What were the what were the numbers here? What were your well, what were the goals you were shooting for? And it for? wasn't even as much numbers as it was. Well, I, I I wanted to. This is so funny to me now. I wanted to have a gross income of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and the reason that I wanted to do one hundred fifty thousand dollars was so that I could pay myself sixty thousand dollars. But and it said $25,000 in Leavenworth sales. I think I ended up doing about twenty in Leavenworth sales. But okay. I... Um, were you already paying yourself... What, what were you paying yourself before you threw out the $60,000? I think I paid myself $9,000 this year. Then what... Was it realistic to say you wanted to pay yourself $60,000? No, absolutely not. It should have been like 20000 or 30000 or something. So it's... I know. No, so it's I know this. Range. Why are you getting yeah. mad at me? I already, <laughs> I already said that this was ridiculous. Okay. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why we did it this way. I think that we did. Well, we obviously looked at numbers from last year, okay. and I think that we looked at the year before and saw that I had doubled, and then kind of like was shooting for that again. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, in you know. Unless that, unless it had come from paint your own pot, that was unrealistic just because I, as a human, cannot work that much. Um, yeah. Like, I can't sell that much. The The goal was to do $88,000 in store sales, which, again, would have been great if it was just paint your own pot. That includes membership and... Um, membership and like paint your own pot and classes and then it ha- we had a goal for website see like the website sales the goal was four thousand dollars but I, I don't even i think that included flash sales okay um and then where'd you end up with that was it was it like two thousand you know yeah, so here's the problem. I think that I could have gotten closer to that goal had I not had, like, a complete mental breakdown halfway through the year, which okay. totally happened, right? So, like, I... Was it a goal-overwhelming into... thing where you're like, I'm not going sh- to hit the numbers, or was it... Absolutely not. I forgot okay. the goal immediately. It was, like, motivation-related um, and stuff like that. Yeah, it was just, like, all the all the things and, like, working myself too hard and... And not being ready for Leavenworth when I thought I would be and and all those things, you know. And um, so I think that these aren't unrealistic goals. Like, I think that they could be realistic goals. I just need to kind of move about them a different way. Uh, Like, start using my resources as, you know, my my employees. Um, 
And one of the goals was to hire an employee full-time, which didn't do. I didn't do. Uh, because it's scary. It's scary to hire a full-time employee. Um, Did you have an employee in 2018? I didn't have a full-time. I've always had an employee. Well, no. I didn't have an employee, but I, I... I had an actual employee this year to help with summer stuff, so... Mm-hmm. That was good, but it you know I still kind of like barely made that. I think that the paint your own pot needs to grow a little bit bigger before that employee situation really makes sense and makes will self sustain based yeah. on the sales of the paint your own pot. Right, because the pottery kind of like rests on me. It doesn't really like. Um, one of the goals this year actually is to make more hand built stuff, which means that. People that aren't me can make it, so I can teach my employees how to make certain said items and hopefully sell those. And that um, that's definitely a goal because then that kind of takes the bulk off of me and I can work on specific items. That allows Um, for growth for sure because you can focus on stuff that's going to make you more money and then they can focus on things that are like easy, high profit Right, like plant stakes and low effort and items, press bowls and and hand built platters and stuff like that. That you know, and you, I'm not saying that hand building is easy. It's not. Um, you definitely have to find the fight the right person that has enough like gentle touch mm-hmm. <laughs> to make hand building like worth it. You know, because I I'm not a hand builder, but. I know how to touch clay in a way that it's not going to screw it up instantly. And if you just tell somebody that's never done clay before that never has that, that doesn't have that like gentle kind of like touch to clay, then it's going to not be good. But I have somebody this year that is totally that person. So I'm excited about that. So, yeah. So, um, that was, this is so funny. By January 1st, 2020, I will have paid myself $60,000. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> and but would you, would you be able to s- spend that? Like, would you need to pay no, yourself $60,000? Yeah. Okay. No, like I don't need that much money, nor will I ever need that much money. I'm, I'm not that type of person. So, I mean, I have once in my life had a job that um, I was paid $40,000, and that was plenty. But you know what they say, the more you get, the more you spend, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, Yeah. So I was going to see, and then another goal that I had was to have uh, my customers, let's see. It was to have 3,000 customers in the year with an average ticket of $50, which that would equal um, what we projected. But let's look and see. Oh, I see. So 3,000 times 50, 150,000. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's obviously not going to happen. However, we can look at the average sale and... um, see how much you know that was okay so item sales i don't know actually how to 
see the average sale. You have to take number of transactions in your total, right? Yeah. Doesn't is it it's Square or is it QuickBooks? It's Square. They should. Um, I thought Square gave you that for the year. It does. I just have to find it. So I'll find it. And um, yeah, there. So I had. Yeah, my. I, it looks like yeah, I had I just a little t- under a thousand. Okay. Looks like I had 491 sales for 2019, which was up 75% over the year prior. Just on Square. Where are you looking? I'm on sales report, and then I did the one year. The sales summary? I'm on the... Uh, yeah, it's in the sales summary overview. Do you see it? I'm on the Square app, not the dashboard app. There's a difference? Well, I mean, I just knew that uh, this year. Are you on your computer or your phone? My phone. Ah, that might be it. Well, I mean, if, you, if you're in the... Are you on the... Okay, I'm on my phone too. On the dashboard app, it's the same thing. You just do 2019, this year, and it says sales 491. Oh, yeah, mine is my average sale $36 for mine. Oh, well, okay, so this is good. So I hit the goal, I hit half of the goal. So my, my average sales were $55 per sale. Nice. But. I sold 984. There was 984 sales. So I feel like, you know, I'm a third of the customers, but I still have that average sale of $50, which is good. Yeah. That's an extremely good average sale. For... So, so are you going to plan for 2020 to set that number at like 1,500 sales and average at 50? I don't know if you do 55 again or if you meet the middle between your 50 and where you're at now at like 52. Yeah. That yeah, way I don't you know. can have more people, but sell for a little less. Yeah. I think that I would like to have more people. And Definitely. Um, what's interesting is that my goal was to have $88,500 sales in store. And right now that's at 54,161. So it's actually not that far off of that initial goal. The other... You just shot too far with the goal. I shot a little bit too far, but the other sales, like the other numbers, are what I failed in. So the store is actually doing pretty good. Right. It's the, it's the like, the flash sales, the Leavenworth sales, like those I could actually kind of up a little bit. So that's kind of cool. At what you point know? do you determine that maybe, like, the paint-your-own-pot should be, like, its own separate goal section it should be set separately from your pottery because well, it, flash sales and leavenworth like all those seem like that's tied to your hand building and the paint your own pot should be like its own set of goals right so this year i have it separated in square so this year my classes was twelve thousand eighty eighty nine. uh paint your own pot i have it set up in a little bit it's kind of a little annoying but it looks like my uncategorized, which would be pottery, 
um, is like around 20,000, 21,000. And then the rest is paint your own pot. Okay. So the majority of it is paint your own pot, except for like, I guess, I mean, 12,000 in classes is pretty extreme. So yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I guess it just gets hard because there's so many avenues that you can make money in pottery that you're doing consignment and wholesale and teaching and online and paint your own pot and shows. Like, it's hard to just say, I want to hit this one number. You have to, you have to, that's why I kind of dug into each of these categories and kind of set my own goals for those. Yeah. And then I can kind of look at where I'm at throughout the year and see where I can put my time and investment. So See, like, this I is wanna... good. This is, um, listen to Ryan, don't listen to Becca. <laughs> no, I just, I think that. Because if you don't hit it, then it doesn't give you as bad of a, as good of a picture of why you didn't hit it. So true. You would, you really have to dig in to see why you didn't hit that goal. Yeah. I think that, yeah. And I mean, like for me, <laughs> goals really don't mean anything to me. That's also another thing. Like. Setting short-term goals is fine for me, like doing the whole quarterly $20,000 goal, like an overhead goal is fine, but like setting certain goals has never been a motivation for me, and so it's, I, you know, when I start like not making the goal, I'm like, eh, whatever, it's fine. I mean, like, who's going to kill me? But you realize that your like weekly goals have an effect on the, the bigger picture goal. That yeah, you don't care like about the, the bigger picture goal, goals, yeah. but you, you can see that like if you don't hit those short-term ones, then it's going to pile up and yeah. it's going to cut you short for the year. I think that maybe for me as the person that I am, uh, I think that maybe having like a weekly sales goal or a monthly sales goal is better than a yearly goal because I'm not. It's too I'm abstracted. Not, it's not, it's not as yeah. tangible. Yeah, because I would I would much rather be like reset the week, you know, be like, okay, I didn't make that goal last week, but this week I can make it, you know. Yeah, um, I'd rather and be and I didn't like that than a yearly goal. And when I have all these number specific goals, like to be honest, I didn't look at this list after I set the goals. I don't. Right. I didn't look check on it throughout the year. I just knew that I was going to make certain. There's reasons that I set these specific goals and I put some notes in here of like things that I'm going to do to hopefully reach that. Like for the mailing list, like I'm, I'm going to continue to do the giveaways it shows because that gets me more names on my mailing list. I also like yeah. put the pop-up form on there. Like that's going to feed it so that th- that goal can be reached. But I'm not continually like going back and forth to say, am I meeting it? No. Okay. What do I need to do to change? Like. I'm just continually doing the little things consistently and those kind of will work themselves out. I don't have to stress too much about making sure that I hit that number. It's more like keep doing the small things that right. I kind of planned myself out for the beginning of the year. And as long as I keep doing those, then I'll hit the numbers and stuff that I want to hit. Totally. Yeah. You kind of have to figure out what way works the best. I think the goals also, it's like kind of, you know, goals are one thing. 
people can get really discouraged by like the goals that they don't hit. Like I'm not discouraged that I didn't hit $150,000. Like whatever. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that I'm above the red actually surprisingly this year. Yeah. And, um, that I've had enough money to support myself this year. And that is what's important. So, uh, I think that, yeah, goals are great. Goals are good to see if you actually hit them, like what your numbers are like, and so on and so forth. But what's more important is your motivation and your like drive to get something done during the, the day and the right. week or the month or whatever. So that's kind of, and if that goal makes you like push harder, then do it that way. If, you know, if a, like, like we said, a weekly goal makes you push harder, do it that way. And then, you know, and maybe if you have a weekly goal, add up those weekly goals, put it on a sheet somewhere. Don't look at it again, but continuously like think about that. What right. the week wants to be. Did you, uh, so my, my other section of them were improve relations with the local clay community. Some of these are not, these aren't really numbers focused, but like, yeah, there's some things on here that could be easy things for people to do that they can, yeah. they can easily jot something like this down. Um, the first one I did not do was, uh, talk and demo informally at NKU to wheel students, which is Northern Kentucky university, which is my alma mater. I was talking with a wheel instructor at the end of the previous year, wanting to like demo to their students and go in and do that. But I did not do that. Um, but that's okay. Shame on you, Ryan. Shame. Um, I did. Uh, the second one was attend in Sika for the second time in Minneapolis. I did that. Becca yeah. and I were there for that. Um, and that the reason that's a goal is just, I can easily tack that off. Like I did that and it, Overarchingly, it's helping me get more closer with the clay community, reaching out, networking, getting acquainted with like other businesses and stuff like that. Like I demoed it for Kentucky Mudworks, so that kind of stuff. Like it's a very Ryan basic is, like, goal, super I guess. Good at that. But that's kind of like what the intention behind that goal was. Besides just wanting to see other clay people outside of the internet. <laughs> um, right. I feel like I've never met anyone else that is like you in the sense of you're like oh i'm just gonna talk to everybody and i'm gonna like put myself out there and then hey do you want to do a live do you want to i'm like who are you <laughs> I, 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 like i um was scared to do a, a live with tim and i talked to tim on a, a semi-regular basis like <laughs> is it because of the audience or you feel like you're now in comparison to the, him because you're on the same screen as him. So you're like, no, in view of his wanna, audience. I just don't want to waste people's time. Oh, okay. Um, like, I just don't, like, I I don't know. Like, I'm a busy person. So sometimes when people are like, hey, do you want to do this? I'm like, ah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I mean, and I mean, most of the time I'm like, yeah, let's do it. It's fine. It's not an inconvenience, but I don't know if everybody else feels that way. And I so think I just... some people, some people will be, they won't, they might not be just straight out honest that they don't have time, but most people, when I ask them or I have asked them, they're usually yeah. like, yeah, I need to do this. I need to get on 
in the studio and work on these things. So scheduling time to do a live with you is going to get me motivated to get in the studio because I need to do this anyways. Usually that's the, yeah, that makes sense. The response versus, I mean, I did get a couple that are like, "Oh, I'm not ready yet," or um, "I'm slammed right now." I've we'll have to figure something out later, which is fine. Like, I don't, I get it. People are busy. I'm not butt hurt over somebody denying me wanting to do a live with them. Um, well, so. and also you have. Um, there's also a difference between me and you in the sense that you strive for that Instagram uh, analytics like you um your <laughs> one of your goals if it's not down there or whatever it's near the like, bottom here <laughs> it's I know it is is to get to 10,000 people and right. or to do this you know I don't know what it was for this year but um yeah I don't have that goal I do I could give two shits if I have more than 50 followers on Instagram, I don't care. Yes, it has helped me immensely in certain things. But, and yeah. and like sometimes like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I should have this many followers. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Do I want, what can I do with that me? many followers? <laughs> or what can, would I be burned out from the back and forth and the DMs and the comments and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, like, I can barely respond to people that comment to me as alone, like, let alone, like, and I'm also one of those people that's like, they'll say, oh, good job. And I'm like, I, why do I need a comment back? Like, I don't need a comment <laughs> back. Like, and, and, you know, I'm just super, I guess I'm shallow in that way. Or I just, I feel, I don't feel the need. It's important. Um, because when I comment on people's things, I don't expect them to reply to me. But, uh I don't even Maybe that's to why get a... replying feels like you're extra special for being replied to. Maybe. I don't know. So anyway, Instagram just isn't important to me. And it is important to you. And I feel like it's actually really helpful to you. I'm not sure yeah. that Instagram... I think that's, that's helped my online selling goal. True, yeah. That's helped and I'm, uh, I'm some sure other that... stuff for sure. So. Yeah, I'm sure that once I start selling online, I'll, I'll make... It'll, you know... You'll see more of the return on it, the value right. in it. Totally, but and but maybe yeah. that'll happen this year. Maybe not. We'll see. That but. yeah, that goal that Becca's talking about. The one of my last goals on here to improve relations with the local clay community. Well, it says local, but you know, increase Instagram following to 10k. Um, I started the year at 5,850. I wanted the 10k because that gives you the swipe up thing on the stories or the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I, I'll end the year at 14.9K. Dude, killing it. So I think I'm going to set my goal for 2020 to be a 25K or something like that. Um, and I think the, the reason I hit that was because I continually posted every, like, f five days a week or whatever. You know, continuing those engagement things with replying to comments Posting stories, keeping people informed on like what I'm doing on a frequent basis. Yeah, you know, commenting I feel on like other your people's stuff. Instagram, your Instagram account has is uh, quality and um, has substance to it because a lot of people that have Instagram accounts that are like super famous, not only did they not grow at a steady rate like you did, but they have 
they like don't post stories they like don't let um the only person that i i feel like is really good about posting what's going on is hammerly and, yeah he's been doing a lot more Sean. stories the last few months which is good since he's yeah, been in his I've, studio and i feel like um forest ceramic company is really good too about keeping up to date on on what's going on they're really good about that um, yeah because of yeah um they they're a team so they you know and sean doesn't actually like (laughs) the social media part i don't think very much but his partner does so yeah um yeah but i yeah i feel like your instagram has a lot of substance to it and um people feel like they're actually getting something out of it when you know when you are posting on it so i'm sure that that helps with that definitely and i like all the back and forth like questions and like that's like if I didn't have that kind of feeling about Instagram, then we probably never would have had this podcast. I don't think. No, I don't think so. So. Yeah. I mean, we wanted to have the podcast like two years ago, but that was from an Instagram live video that we were doing. Yeah. So. The only, the only other things on here for the local thing were, uh, Plan and lead the Clay Alliance Spring Pottery Fair 2019, which I did. That was like be a chair of that event, which I did. And I sold that, and I sold like $1,700 in pots there, which was nice. sweet. I remember that. That was a good day. Um, teach two paid sessions at Baker Hunt. I actually taught four, so one of each season. And then I taught three workshops, like one day Instagram workshops. Yeah. And then the last thing on the list was to host Potswap 2019 for the holidays. And we, and we did, did it. That. <laughs> we did it, even though Becca almost failed. I feel like you carried us through Potswap, by the way. Thank you for that. You're welcome. It's so much work. I don't think it's... people realize how much. Well, last year felt like more work, but the more I people know, you get like in there, the more year... random questions you get and the more back and forth you have to. take care of this year thankfully we like passed on a lot of the hey if your person is getting your their package late please contact them don't come through us that happened that helped for sure that helped so much this year but but guys just so you know ryan did most of the work he (laughs) always does most of the work i actually do most of the work on this one because i am the one that edits it which makes me feel a little happier definitely um and I talked him into not doing um, chapters. Chapters, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, we'll have something like that for next year. But I'm per- yeah. I'm foreseeing that we will be moderators for Potswap 2020, and we will have a team of people, maybe like four yeah. people or something, or us and like two other people or three other people that maybe manage a standalone Instagram account, and they right share stuff and we don't have to do every single thing the instagram thing is what took took a lot of time this year yeah like resharing stories and all that like it's good that you tag us and stuff which is what we asked for but at 200 people it's like my stories get so bogged i've got like 15 i probably had like an average of like 25 stories a day between like november and like the end of the year or something like that I know at some at one point I think I like I think I wrote on like three of them and then after like three sharing ones I was like screw this I'm just gonna repost it and that that's it 
Like if yeah. they if they tagged Pot Swap, that's good. I'll just stay yeah with go to that. Pot Swap. And and I just like repost it, and even if somebody has like an actual post, I just post it up without even saying what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was so towards the end. I'm like, I can't do this. And you actually looked into the pot swap tag. I didn't even do that. Yeah. Like, you, you were researching the tag, and I would just wait until somebody shared it on my page. Yeah. So realistically, we only have so much time in our lives. I have so many other commitments, just like you have so many other commitments, and you have yeah. a business to run. Yeah. So stuff like this, that's like for the clay community to help them out. At some point there's diminishing returns on our yeah. other stuff that we're doing. So that's something that we need to like optimize and figure out how to get help with other, yeah. from other people in the clay community. Hey, why does it have to be just us two? We can just be the founders of it and other people can like help. run with it. We can just moderate yeah. how it happens. Oh. And and thank you, Jen, for helping us with the, uh, um, with the email portion yes that. and i know yeah, she's them. gonna listen to this my best friend who knows nothing about clay listens to our podcast every day nice so, every time and she has no she sends me questions she's like what is this <laughs> so um but yeah she helped us with an email automation which saved yeah, our email merge stuff so that was great thank you yeah yep all right anyway i feel like we should end yes we're at an hour and five minutes. Nice. I Yeah, I hope this didn't bore you guys too much, but... This is exactly what goals we had. Like, we're not... I'm not hiding anything about my goals for the year, so... I think I hit a little, but not much. So, I, <laughs> I hope y'all got some value out of this. And we'll talk about 2020 and get that documented so y'all know what our goals are for that. Yeah, we'll do 2020 in a week. So. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Cool. Later. See. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to follow me or Ryan, you can follow us on our Instagrams. My Instagram is Five Lines Pottery Studio. It's the number five. And his Instagram is at RD Ceramics. That's ours and Ryan D is in Durban Ceramics. And we would love for you to follow us. But we would also love it if you gave us a review on, on whichever platform that you're listening on. And if you tell your friends. We really enjoy doing this. And we hope that we can do it some more and have some great conversations. Thanks.